You know, we have a tendency to carry painful parts of our past with us. You know, resentment against people who've hurt us, uh, mistakes we've made, or even bitterness towards God. In this new series, we're going to show you how to recognize the grudges that, that we are carrying against others and ourselves, and how the pain we hold on to weighs us down and keeps us from stepping in to the freedom that God has for us. So I hope you're ready for this new series. Let's begin now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And today we are launching a brand new series called The Grudge, where we're going to be talking about forgiveness over the next few weeks. Uh, So let me just dive right in and just tell you where we're going in the upcoming weeks. Uh, We're going to be talking about the faith to forgive, right? And so next week, we're going to be looking at the big betrayals when when somebody wrongs us in a significant way that, that alters our lives, and how do we have the faith to forgive something that can be so painful, uh, we're going to be talking about reconciling with God. Uh, we, may, we might say we need to forgive God, although we know that God doesn't ever sin, so technically we don't have to forgive God. But perhaps you or somebody you know is actually holding a grudge against God because God could have done something that God didn't, or, or maybe God allowed something that you think God should have stopped. And so we're going to talk about how do you reconcile with God and let go of a grudge perhaps against God. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about forgiving uh, ourselves, yourself. Uh, it's one thing to recognize the grace of Jesus that he forgives us, but but sometimes we still have to live in the guilt of our past and, and we can't seem to let it go. And so today, uh, we're gonna, going to kind of ease into everything, uh, but I believe it will speak to a lot of people. Uh, we're going to be talking about forgiving the small offenses that often will accumulate and lead to bitterness and hold us back um, from what I believe God wants us to have. In fact, I'm curious, uh, I want to kind of get things rolling with a question. Uh, how many of you would say you know someone who can be easily offended? You know, How many of you know someone who can be easily offended? And, and if you don't know somebody, then chances are you're probably not on social media and that uh, social media very much because uh, it's pretty much a jungle out there, man. There are people um, offending everybody. It, it seems that uh, everybody is almost offended uh, almost on everything, right? And it's so easy to be offended by something small. Uh, in fact, you you might find yourself tripping over small offenses. And I, I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe someone rolls their eyes at you and that just kind of sets you off. Or, or maybe someone has a tone in their voice that you don't like and you take offense to it. Maybe someone forgets to say thank you for something that you did to serve them to make a make a difference. Uh, I can get so incredibly offended when I'm driving in traffic. I, if I let someone in and they don't give me a, a thank you wave, which is somewhere in the Bible that you're supposed to honor the ones who let you in. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, you don't even give me just a nod, a thank you, you know, because I could have left you out there. I could have, you could have been stuck in traffic uh, right now if it wasn't for my grace and godliness and mercy, right? <laughs> to impart you this gift of being first, right? Anyway. You can get offended when a friend doesn't respond to a text or, or they slow respond. 
You know, I hate it when whenever I text someone and and I know they've read it because they've started to respond. And also, it says on my iPhone, read. You know what I mean? And, and I saw the bubbles. You know, I saw the bubbles because they're responding. And and I'm like, hey, you were just bubbling me, and now you've ghosted me, right? You know, and I'm, I'm and I get so offended over that. You can even get offended just by looking at social media. Uh, what people post, how often they post, if they comment on your friend's post, uh, but not on your post, if, if they unfollow you or unfriend you, you know, by the way, that is the unforgivable sin in the social media world. Don't, don't do that. That, that'll, that'll offend everybody. Okay. We live in an age of perpetual offense, quick to be offended, quick to call foul, quick to judge, quick to become bitter. You know, I'm not pointing at anybody else. Uh, I can be the worst. I, I was driving home from church a while back. I, I just preached God's word to God's people, and uh, I'm driving, and somebody cut me off in traffic, which which got me going, and then pulled into Menards to pick up something for the house, and, and someone else didn't like my parking job, and they kind of gave me a bad look, and the next thing you know, there was this guy with his middle finger sticking out, and I was at that point, I was just done. I was like, and, and I'm just finished. I'm upset. And so as you, as the pastor of this church who had just preached God's word, I, I put the car in park, opened the car door, and got out to settle the score, <laughs> all for the glory of God. Now, mind you, I have to share with you, I am serving as an instrument of righteousness and, and justice in this world on behalf of the one who created it, okay? Just, I just pointed it out there, right? And I'm getting out of the car, and I'm so offended, I see, and then I see what happened is that, that I realized that, that he actually wasn't you know, sticking the middle finger at me, he was actually sticking at somebody else, I just thought it was me, and man, I just kind of watched this argument from these other people, and man, I was just kind of standing there like, well, should I be offended on behalf of this other person, you know, it was just this awkward situation, but anyway, all that to, to kind of bring us to this point, okay, if you're on a continuous search to be offended, you will always find what you're looking for, I'm going to say that again, because if you are on a continuous search to be offended, you will always find what you're looking for. And I hope you'll understand there is never, ever, ever, ever a win in living offended. I've never found myself saying, oh, you know what? I'm so much better because I'm so bitter. You know, I'm having a better day because I'm offended over something small. You know, my marriage is stronger because I'm carrying a grudge. My relationships are richer because I'm offended. I'm closer to God. I'm making more of a difference in this world because I've accumulated all these small offenses. You know, I just let it all get under my skin, and it just makes me so much happier. You know, there's never been a win in living uh, offended, right? And that's why I tell myself over and over and over again something I hope that you will internalize and, and tell yourself, and that is this. Okay? Your life is too short, and your calling is too great to be offended by something small. Let me say that one again. Your life is too short and your calling is too great to be offended by something small. Your life is moving by. Your your calling from God to love in this world is so great to be offended, sidetracked, distracted, or hurting because of a small offense. You know, in fact, um, I want to start off with a verse to kind of set the tone today. Uh, It comes from Proverbs. It's Proverbs 19.11. And I want you to listen to what it says. It says, a person's wisdom... Yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And that's why the title of of today's uh, podcast is called, I'm Over It. 
Okay, I'm over it. Um, you know, if you got someone next to you, tell them you're over it. You know, <laughs> just tell them you're over it right now. Okay, you know how 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 is it that we as followers of Christ get over the grudge? How do we grow past all the little daily temptations that we have become too easily offended by? Okay, well, I'm going to give you one answer, one big statement, and, and we're going to kind of unpack this for for the rest of our time uh, together. How do you grow past the daily temptations to be offended? The answer is we close the gap with love. We close the gap with love. Proverbs ten twelve tells us hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Love covers offenses. We close the gap with love. Okay, so let me unpack this for you for a moment. There's a dynamic that happens in every interaction. You may not notice it, but it happens in every interaction you have with with someone, okay? There is a gap between an action and your reaction. Someone acts, and then there's a micro gap, there's a moment, there's a split second where you make an interpretive decision based on what the action means. There's always an action, there's a gap, and then there's a reaction, okay? There's always a gap between the action and your reaction. The key is this. You get to choose what you put in that gap, okay? There's always a gap, and you get to choose what you're going to put in that gap. For example, there is an action. A man puts his middle finger in the air as he's driving by your pastor, right? (laughs) Okay? There is a micro moment, an instant, where I get to interpret the meaning behind his action and put something in that gap before I respond. We interpret the meaning of the action. The problem is we are horrible interpreters. You are, I am, we all are, okay? And, And you know it because how many times has someone misinterpreted the meaning behind your words or your actions? And you thought to yourself, how in the world could you think I meant that? How, how, would, I have, how, would, I have ne- how would I have said that? What, with what kind of intent in mind did you think I had? You know, Don't you know me better than that? How, how could you think that I would ever do something like that or say something like that and never mean it, right? We're horrible interpreters. This is called the fundamental attribution error. Okay, and, and we almost all will slip into it. It's called the fundamental attribution area, and it is this. Okay, it is the bias to attribute our own behavior to our circumstances, while attributing someone else's actions to their character. Okay, I'm gonna say that one again because it's long. Uh, it is the bias to attribute our own behavior to our circumstances, while attributing someone else's actions to their character. We're attributing our own behavior to some external circumstance. In other words, you might say, well, there's a reason why I did this. You should know me. You know my heart. You know what I'm like. You know there's, there must be a good explanation for this. While we attribute someone else's actions to their character, meaning they're not a great person, right? Okay. In other words, if I did something to disappoint you, there's a, there's a reason. We're going we're gonna to say, come on, man, give me a break. You know me. You know my heart. But, it, but if someone else does something to disappoint me, though, it's very tempting for me to attribute their action to their character. Like, we'll say stuff like, well, he's just not a, he's just not a good person, or she's just inconsiderate, and, or he's rude, or she just needs Jesus to save her soul, right? <laughs> it's, the, it's the misinterpretation. And you know this. We, we do it all the time. I'm going to give you a great example. We'll walk into the store, and your kid throws a fit, Right? How many of you guys have done that? I mean, I, I remember my kids, they would throw a fit for you know all kinds of different reasons, but there was always a reason, right? 
There's always a reason. Your kid did not get a nap that day, or or there's no snack. They're they're hungry, or it's been just a hard day. You've been into five different WalMarts or whatever, right? And you're like, give me some grace. My kids are just having a tough day. She's not always like this. He's not always like this. Give me some grace. But someone else kids, someone else's kids uh, throw a fit in the store. And you determine that's a lazy parent raising a demon-possessed terrorist, and we need to protect ourselves from them, right? There's always a gap. But you get to choose what you put in the gap. So what do you put in the gap? Well, we have a spiritual enemy. Uh, his name is Satan or the devil, or, or one of his titles is the accuser in Revelation chapter 12, where it says the accuser accuses the brothers day in, day out. He's always accusing us. You know, things like, well, you're no good. You're not worthy of God. So how do we fill the gaps? Well, right, I hope you'll understand that the devil wants you to fill the gaps with accusations, right? The devil wants you to fill it with accusations because he is the accuser, um, the, the accuser, and he wants you to accuse others. Uh, he wants you to fill the gap with this, this accusation, things like, well, she's always about herself, or she doesn't care about me, or he doesn't care at all, or you can't trust anyone. Everybody's in it for themselves, right? The devil wants you to choose or to close those gaps with accusations, right? So what do accusations do, though? Accusations erode marriages, they split friendships, destroy churches, and the devil wants you to fill the gap with accusations. But... God wants you to fill the gap with love. He wants you to fill that gap with love. Listen to what Proverbs says. He tells us exactly how we do that. Um, it comes from Proverbs uh, 17, verse 9. Listen to what he says. He says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends, right? Okay, whoever fosters love, it covers an offense. Well, what does love do? Love gives the benefit of the doubt, right? Love chooses to believe the best. Love trusts the other person, believes the best in the other person. In other words, if my wife were to say, hey, did you take out the trash? The devil would want me to say, well, why don't you take it out? You've got two legs, <laughs> you know? Uh, one, um, she would kill me. Two, it's just not the right thing to do, right? Because love doesn't do that. Love says, she is just curious if I took out the trash. <laughs> she just wants to know, right? So you choose what you put in the gap. Someone doesn't respond to your text. The devil would say, oh, well, he's not a good friend, or she thinks she's too good for everybody. Well, love does not do that. Love assumes the best. Maybe her, her phone's dead, or, or she probably just got busy, or maybe she saw it and she just forgot about it, or she's going to get back to me because I know we're good friends. You know, Love assumes the best. Paul said it very clearly in Ephesians 4, 2. He said, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make allowances. Give the benefit of the doubt. Make allowances for others because of your love, because God loves you, because Jesus forgave you, because there's grace for you. Have grace for others. Make allowances because of your love. In other words, someone else's behavior is not all about you. Their bad driving is not all about you. Their bad mood is not all about you. The edge in their voice may not be all about you. Okay? They may be just having a bad day. They may be facing a battle of their own. They may have just received some really bad news. You want others to give you the benefit of the doubt, and so you do the same for them. Why? Because of your love. What if somebody is just rude to you? What if, if they're intentionally mean or harsh? What do you do then? Well, what I try to do is I try to realize that if someone is really unnecessarily hateful to me, 
they are very likely going through something that's causing that kind of behavior, right? And believe me, when I tell you, if you want to make a bigger difference in this world, you're, you're going to have more people that don't like you, and, and you've got to learn to stay above those offenses. So whenever someone attacks or someone's unnecessarily harsh, what I try to do is I try to tell myself and say, I wonder what they're going through. You know, I wonder what they're going through. Because I know hurt people tend to hurt people, right? So instead of being offended by it, I want to have compassion for it. Instead of being offended by what they did or how they acted or what they didn't do, I want to try to have compassion for them and make allowances because of the love that is in my heart. And so I ask, I wonder what they're going through. You see, there's always, a go- there's always going to be a gap, and, and you get to choose what you put in the gap, right? And if you put accusations in the gap, you're always going to be offended. You're always going to be carrying a grudge. You know, well, he did or she did, and you will never wake up, um, and you will never wake up one day and say, I'm in such a better place today. My friendships are better than they've ever been because I've been offended by small things. My, my effectiveness for God is maxing out because I'm carrying small grudges over the things that don't really matter right? You're not going to wake up thinking those when you're carrying those offenses. So how do we do this? I love the power of Proverbs. Let's go back to that verse that we started with today, Proverbs 19, 11. I'm going to read it one more time for you again. Here's what it says. A person's wisdom yields patience. Patience, man, that's a, that's a big word. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It is to one's glory. It's God honoring to overlook an offense. Now, what does it mean to overlook an offense? To overlook an offense, that's not the same thing as pretending like it didn't happen. To overlook an offense is a conscious decision to let it go. It's a form of forgiveness in in real time. I'm not going to carry this and wake up three weeks later and decide I'm going to forgive that thing. Okay, It's an in-the-moment, real-time decision to stay above the offense, to forgive it in the moment and to let it go because I'm over it, right? We have to let it go. In fact, the Hebrew word that's translated as overlook is the word avor. And what it means is to pass over. It means to pass over the offense. So instead of focusing on the offense, replaying the offense, rehearsing the offense, going over it in our mind, what I could have said and what I should have said and what I'll say next time in front of that person, instead what we do is we we got to get above it. We pass over it. We rise above the offense because we have a more important calling. You know, We have to say, I'm over it. Okay, my calling elevates me. My purpose lifts me. The devil wants to lower me into these offenses that would drag me down. But because my God has a higher calling, I'm ready. Uh, I'm already over it. In the moment, I'm over it. I have real time forgiveness. I'm choosing to let this go. This isn't going to weigh me down. This isn't going to hold me back. This isn't going to distract me from my purpose. In the moment, I'm deciding it's to my glory. It's to honor God to get above it. And so I'm staying above it because I'm already over it, okay? Your coworker doesn't invite you to the party. You just say, you know what? I'm already over it. It's not going to hold me back. Someone makes a, snar- a snarky comment on your social media. Happens all the time, right? You got to say, you know what? I'm over it. It's okay. I'll deal with it. I'm, I'm not letting the, that weigh me down. We're over it. I forgive you, okay? Your mother-in-law criticizes your children. Well, that's a different category. We'll deal with that in a whole other sermon. But he, No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we say I'm over it. It might take more than three seconds to go over that, right? It might take some time, but I promise you I'm not going to let that drag me down because I'm over it. 
Okay, I'm already over it. Wisdom it yields to patience, right? I'm, I'm over it, right? I, I've got a more important calling. My calling is to love. My calling is to represent Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let the enemy slow me down. I, I believe this is one of the most divisive, destructive tools of our evil one. Okay? In our culture today, offended by everything, right? We're always offended by everything. Well, listen, nobody's ever changed the world by walking around bitter, right? We're called to stay above it, and we're called to love through it. That's what we do as followers of Christ. If I could just sit down with every single one of you listeners and try to represent what I really believe God would say today is I would say, you know, don't get into social media battles, okay? Don't get offended by which politics they like and get all hateful, right? Don't defend your theology with anger, uh, with anger and hatred, okay? Where's the fruits of the Spirit in that, right? See, we're called to love. When I'm tempted to be offended, to be angry or to be hurt, to be self-righteous, to, to gather with others who are equally offended, you know, we, we get in these groups, what, you know, what's this, all this group about? Maybe we're, are we just offended people, uh, everything offends us, or we're angry about everything, or we, where we have this mutual bond of bitterness? No, I don't want to be a part of that, because I'm over that. I've, I've got a purpose. I've got a calling. I don't know about you, but I've done so many things to offend the heart of God, and the grace that he showed me is the same grace that I want to show others. Now, I'll stand up for truth, but I'm going to stand up for the truth in love, and I'm not going to be offended by something small. Why? It's because the calling ahead of me is so much greater than the offense that is behind me. Let me say that one again. You know why? Because it's the calling that is ahead of me that is so much, so much, so much greater than the offense that is behind me. See, my life is way, way, way too short. It's a breath, right? It's, it's a mist. Here today, gone tomorrow. It's a breath, <sighs> right? My calling is too great to be offended by something small. It's to your glory to honor God to overlook an offense. Next time the devil tries to pull you down, you say, nope, by the power of Jesus, I'm over it. You tried to keep me down, but he's got resurrection power. He, his power lifts me. His grace sustains me. His purpose drives me. It's real time, in the moment, choosing to forgive it. You say, I'm over it. Why? Because it's for the glory of God that we have more important things to do. Amen. Hey, I think, thank you for joining us today. That concludes this episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you will join us next week as we continue in our series uh, of The Grudge. Uh, we're going to be talking about the betrayal of others and how we get over that grudge. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.